Welcome to episode three of the Hut Seat Podcast, where I take you behind the scenes of the Hutt Valley through my lens as an elected city councillor at Hutt City Council. In this episode, we'll dive into the fascinating world of the Three Waters system in Lower Hutt, which will be very similar no matter where in the country you are. Join me as we embark on a journey through the processes of drinking water, wastewater, and stormwater, and discover how they impact our daily lives and the environment around us. These systems are vital for the health, safety, and well-being of communities, as well as the protection of the environment. Drinking water is the supply of clean, safe water for consumption and daily use. It undergoes a treatment process to remove impurities before being distributed to households and businesses. Wastewater is the used water from homes and businesses containing human waste, chemicals and other contaminants. It's collected through a separate network of pipes and treated at wastewater treatment plants to remove those pollutants before being discharged back into the environment. Stormwater is the rainwater runoff that flows over hard surfaces like roofs, roads, footpaths, and it picks up contaminants along the way. It is collected through a system of drains and channels, eventually flowing into streams, rivers and oceans without being treated. Together, the three waters systems play a crucial role in maintaining public health, sanitation and environmental sustainability. In today's episode, I acknowledge that many of you might be aware of the ongoing Three Waters reforms currently proposed by the government. These reforms have sparked some controversy and debate, especially as we approach the upcoming election later this year. While there are some strong opinions on both sides of the issue, the focus in this episode won't be on the merits of the proposals themselves. Instead, I aim to give you a solid understanding of what Three Waters is all about. These essential services, often taken for granted and hidden from sight, play a crucial role in our daily lives. While they may not be considered glamorous, understanding the importance of Three Waters is vital for appreciating the complexity and significance of the ongoing discussions surrounding the reforms. So, let's dive into the first of the Three Waters, drinking water. I hope someone's keeping count on how many water-related puns I'm getting into this episode. <laughs> water is essential for life, and in Lower Hutt we're fortunate to have access to high-quality drinking water. Our drinking water comes from a variety of sources. The first is rivers. Te Awakairangi, also known as the Hutt River, is a significant source of drinking water for Lower Hutt and the region. The river originates in the Tararua Ranges and flows southward, providing fresh water to our community. It's important to maintain the health of the river and protect it from pollution as it plays such a vital role in supplying water to our region. Water is extracted from Te Awakairangi at various points, then treated and disinfected to ensure its safety and quality. The other rivers we use for drinking water are the Wainuiamata and Orongorongo rivers in Wainuiamata. The second source is aquifers and these are essential sources of drinking water for Lower Hutt. These underground layers of water-bearing rock or gravel store water that is filtered down through the ground. In our region, the Waifatu aquifer is particularly important, supplying a significant portion of our drinking water. The Waifatu aquifer is fed by water from the Hutt River, as well as rainfall that infiltrates the ground. The aquifer acts as a natural filter, removing contaminants and impurities from the water. The water from the Waifatu aquifer is extracted through a series of wells, then treated and disinfected before being distributed. One of the advantages of using the aquifer water is that it's generally of a higher quality and requires less treatment than surface water sources do. However, it's essential to protect aquifers from pollution as contaminants can enter the groundwater and pose risks to human health and the environment. Storage lakes also play an important role in providing a reliable supply of drinking water. These artificial lakes are designed to store water from rivers and other sources, ensuring a consistent supply even during times of drought or high demand. 
in Lower Hutt, we use the Timaroa Storage Lakes located in Upper Hutt to serve as a crucial storage reservoir. They receive water from the Hutt River and are capable of holding 3.3 million cubic metres of water. This stored water helps ensure that our community has access to clean, safe drinking water, even when the river levels are too low to extract water from. To maintain the quality of the water in the storage lakes, it's essential to monitor water levels, water quality and the surrounding environment. Regular inspections and maintenance help ensure that these reservoirs remain in good condition and continue to serve our community effectively. So we've identified where the water comes from, but how is it processed and distributed? Let's take a closer look at the water treatment process and how it ensures that the water we consume is clean and safe. The water treatment process involves several stages, each designed to remove impurities, contaminants and pathogens from the water. Here are the main steps in the process. Screening is the first step in the water treatment process and it involves the removal of large debris such as leaves, branch and other solid materials from the water. This is typically done through screens or grates placed in the intake of the treatment facility. Screening helps prevent clogging and damage to the treatment's equipment downstream. After screening, the water goes through the coagulation and flocculation processes. Coagulation involves the addition of chemicals to the water. These chemicals cause the small particles in the water to clump together, forming larger particles called flocks. During the flocculation process, gentle mixing ensures that the flocks grow in size and weight, making them much easier to remove in the next step of the process. The sedimentation process allows the flocks to settle to the bottom of the large tank, where they can be removed from the water. The water becomes clear as the flocks are separated and the majority of the particles, including dirt, algae and bacteria, are removed at this stage. Following sedimentation, the water throws through a filtration system, which typically consists of sand, gravel or other porous materials. The filters capture any remaining particles that weren't removed during the sedimentation process, further clarifying the water. Filtation is a crucial step in ensuring the water is clean and safe for consumption. The final step in the water treatment process is disinfection. This involves adding a disinfectant such as chlorine to the water to kill any remaining pathogens including bacteria, viruses or parasites. Disinfection is essential for ensuring that the water is safe to drink and free from disease causing microorganisms. Once the water has been treated and is ready for distribution, it moves through a well-planned network of pipes, pumps and reservoirs to reach the communities in Lower Hutt. From the treatment plant, the water flows through large mains that branch out into smaller pipes that run beneath the streets of our neighbourhoods. The water distribution system is designed to ensure a constant supply of clean water to all areas within the community. It is not just one large network, but rather a series of interconnected networks, which helps maintain water pressure and allows for more efficient delivery. To maintain adequate water pressure and to ensure a steady supply during peak demand periods, the system relies on a combination of gravity and pumping stations. Pumping stations help push the water uphill or across long distances, while gravity assists in the distribution of water from the higher elevation reservoirs to lower areas. As the water moves through the network, it eventually reaches the service connections for individual homes and businesses. These connections are typically linked to smaller pipes called service lines, which connect the water main to the property's internal plumbing system. In recent years, the drinking water network in Lower Hutt has faced some challenges, including ageing infrastructure and leaks. Much of the water supply was built several decades ago, and some of the pipes have reached the end of their expected lifespan. This has resulted in an increase in the frequency of pipe bursts and leaks, which can lead to water loss and disruptions in the water supply for residents. At the same time, we're experiencing record growth in our city. The Hutt City Council estimates that approximately 40% of the treated water is lost through leaks in the network. This not only represents a significant waste of resources, but also increases the costs associated with water treatment and distribution. It can also lead to other issues such as flooding or making hillsides more unstable. 
Now that we've dived deep into the world of drinking water, it's time to let the current take us to our next destination, wastewater. Don't worry, I won't let this discussion go down the drain, as there's a lot to learn about how our community manages this essential aspect of modern living. So let's keep swimming through the vast ocean of knowledge and explore what happens to water once it's been used in our homes and businesses. The Wastewater Network is a complex system of pipes and infrastructure that transports used water from our homes and businesses to the treatment plants. This used water, known as wastewater, is made up of 99% water and about 1% human and other waste. It's crucial to keep wastewater separate from the drinking water networks to ensure our community stays healthy and our environment remains clean. In Lower Hutt, as well as the wider Wellington region, the wastewater network carries wastewater from private plumbing into public infrastructure. This includes gully traps and lateral pipes on individual properties, which then connect to service branch lines and reticulation mains. The largest pipes in the system known as the trunk sewers carry the wastewater to the region's treatment plants. There are four wastewater treatment plants in the metropolitan Wellington area, owned by the various councils. These plants manage the treatment of wastewater in accordance with the RMA, ensuring it is treated and discharged in an environmentally responsible manner. So how is wastewater treated? As wastewater enters the treatment plant, it first passes through milliscreens. These screens are made of fine mesh with openings about 2mm wide, act as a sieve to catch large solids, such as wet wipes, sanitary products, plastic bags or any other debris. Anything that doesn't pass through these screens is collected, pressed to remove excess water, and then transported to Silverstream Landfill. The remaining liquid flows through a pipeline into an aeration basin. Aeration basins play a vital role in the wastewater treatment process. Air is blown into the basins to feed the bacteria and keep everything mixed. The aeration process allows environmentally friendly bacteria to feed on the nutrients in the wastewater sludge, breaking down fats, sugar and ammonia from body waste. This process can take several hours, during which clusters of bacteria form as they break down the waste. Some larger treatment plants also have a settling tank between the milliscreens and aeration basins, using gravity to remove larger particles. The next stage in the treatment process is the clarifier. This is where the clusters of bacteria are separated from the liquid. The bacteria clusters, being heavier, sink to the bottom of the clarifier as sludge. The clarifier has a sloping floor which assists in separating the solid particles from the liquid through gravity. The liquid then flows over the outside of the clarifier, separating it from the solids for further treatment. The solid sludge that does not return to the aeration tank is pumped to a centrifuge. Here it is mixed in a substance that helps bind the solids and separate the water. The centrifuge acts like a giant spin dryer, spinning the contents at high speed to separate the solids and any remaining liquid. The dewatered sludge is then collected in large containers and sent to Silverstream Landfill. To remove any remaining bacteria and viruses in the liquid, treatment plants use UV light. This method effectively kills harmful microorganisms, ensuring the treated water meets safety standards before it is discharged. In the Hutt Valley, once the wastewater has been thoroughly treated at Seaview Wastewater Treatment Plant, it is discharged through a coastal outfall into the ocean at Pencaro. The treated water meets strict guidelines to ensure minimal impact on the surrounding environment and marine life. This includes maintaining water quality standards in the swimming bays near the outfall area, and the Seaview plant plays a vital role in maintaining the health and cleanliness of Lower Hutt's waterways allowing residents to enjoy the beautiful coastlines and recreational water activities with confidence in the water quality. Overflows are a significant concern in the wastewater system, especially during heavy rainfall events when the capacity of the network can be overwhelmed. In Lower Hutt, excess wastewater can overflow into the nearby Waifatu stream. This is not only a potential hazard for the environment and aquatic life, 
but it also poses a health risk to those who come in contact with the contaminated water. To mitigate this issue, authorities work diligently to monitor and maintain the wastewater system, while also collaborating with our EB partners to ensure the protection of the cultural values and practices attributed to the waterways. As we dive into the final topic in our three water discussion, let's take a moment to appreciate the unsung hero of water management, stormwater. While stormwater might not always be in the spotlight, it plays a crucial role in the overall health of our environment and water systems. So without further ado, let's wade into the world of stormwater and cover its significance in our community. The stormwater network is an intricate system designed to manage rainfall runoff from hard surfaces such as roofs, roads and car parks. This network includes curbs and channels and underground pipes that drain rainwater off our land and transport it to streams, rivers and ultimately to the sea. Unlike the wastewater system, stormwater is not treated at all before entering our waterways, which is why it's so important to keep pollutants out of our stormwater network. Stormwater can have a considerable impact on our waterways and the environment. As rainwater flows across the surfaces, it picks up various contaminants such as bacteria, heavy metals and other pollutants. When this contaminated stormwater enters our waterways, it can lead to issues like water pollution, degradation of aquatic habitats and harm to both plants and animals. It's essential to be aware of the potential impacts of stormwater runoff and take measures to minimise the effects on our environment. There are several ways that you can help reduce stormwater pollution in your community. One simple tip is to wash your car on the grass, allowing the soapy water to be absorbed by the ground instead of flowing into the stormwater drains. Another suggestion is to pick up your dog's waste as it can contain harmful bacteria that can contaminate our waterways. And finally, be cautious when disposing of paints and chemicals, ensuring they don't end up in household or stormwater drains. By taking these small steps, you can make a big difference in keeping our waterways clean and protecting our environment. Right, now let's dive into a new segment of our podcast, Street Names. A listener suggested that we explore the background of some interesting streets in Lower Hutt, and I couldn't resist sharing a website that I started during the COVID lockdowns, streetnames.nz. Today we'll be talking about the most viewed street on my website, Tiara o Mochutawa. In Te Reo Māori, Tiara means the pathway of, and Mochutawa Pa was a pa that was once located on the grounds of Avalon Park not far from this development, and it belonged to Ngāti Tamahapu of Ngāti Awa. After an agreement with Governor Gray in 1846, Ngāti Tama left the area and the land was occupied by settlers, like Thomas Mason, whose famous gardens were located here. As we wrap up today's journey through the Three Water System on the Hut Seat podcast, remember that it's not just about staying informed, it's about taking action and being an active participant in our community. So let's turn up the heat, step into the hot seat, and work together to protect our precious water resources in Lower Hutt and beyond. Thank you for joining me today, and don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast with your friends and family. My next episode airing on March 31st will be a special one as it coincides with the beginning of public consultation for the draft annual plan for the Hutt City Council. While most of my episodes aim to be timeless, this one will delve into a targeted and relevant topic, empowering you with the knowledge to make an informed decision about the upcoming plan. After listening to the next episode, I encourage you to take the time, fill out a survey and share your thoughts on shaping the Hutt City Council's plan for the next 12 months. Your input is invaluable and together we can create a brighter future for our community. Thanks heaps for tuning in. Until we meet again on the Hutt Seat, keep your curiosity burning, stay engaged with your community and let's harness our collective passion to create a brighter tomorrow. Kakite. Ka